Welcome to Life Point Plus, a program dealing with marriages and family. We are so glad you're listening. Here's your host, pastor and teacher, Gary Moore. Welcome to Life Point Plus. I'm your host, Gary Moore. At the end of last week's broadcast, we had just finished looking at the first of three categories that the parrots say we all fall into. Actually, they said that we are usually a combination of them to some extent. The categories are sympathizer, personalizer, or analyzer, and we looked at the sympathizer. Now let's look at the personalizer. If this is you, then your task is to cultivate a more other-focused agenda. You've got to consciously step outside yourself and give greater attention to imagining what a specific moment in time would be like for your spouse. You need to do this with both your head and your heart. You need to think it through as well as feel it through. You know, there's an old Chinese tale about a woman whose only son died. In her grief, she went to a holy man and said, What magical incantations do you have to bring my son back to life? Instead of sending her away or reasoning with her, he said to her, Fetch me a mustard seed from a home that has never known sorrow. We will use it to drive the sorrow out of your life. The woman set off at once in search of that magical mustard seed. She came first to a splendid mansion, knocked on the door, and said, I'm looking for a home that has never known sorrow. Is this such a place? It is very important to me. They told her, You've probably come to the wrong place, and began to describe all the tragic things that had recently befallen them. The woman said to herself, Who is better able to help these poor unfortunate people than I, who have had misfortune of my own? She stayed to comfort them, then went on in her search for a home that had never known sorrow. But wherever she turned, whether in hovels or palaces, she found one report after another of sadness and misfortune. Ultimately, the woman became so involved in ministering to other people's grief that she forgot about her quest for the magical mustard seed never realizing it had, in fact, driven the sorrow out of her life. This is the great lesson for every personalizer. You will never move beyond the hurts of your life until you realize that trading places is your ticket out of them. Your self-focus, while understandable, is sabotaging the very thing you want most, to move forward and live a life of love and happiness. Look beyond your own neediness to the needs of your spouse and watch how empathy can take root in your heart. You know, that may sound glib, but it's true. The parrots say that if you are a personalizer, you undoubtedly know the pain of interpersonal friction. You are aware of the anxiety you often experience in relationships and the fears you carry about being used or mistreated by others. But know that you can move beyond your hurts and turn on your emotional radar. Well, now let's look at the analyzer. Pillsbury, Cheerios, Green Giant, Betty Crocker, Chex. What do all these famous brands have in common? They are all owned by General Mills, one of the world's largest consumer products manufacturers. And from a sales perspective, one of the biggest brands in the company's history has been Hamburger Helper. But sales of this well-known brand have been in decline for nearly a decade. Or I should say that they have been in decline, but no more. 
and General Mills has Melissa Studzinski to thank for that. When Melissa joined the team in 2004, the CEO announced that the number one goal of the company was to grow Hamburger Helper. He put Melissa in charge, arming her with three huge binders full of data and statistics about the product. The binders contained hundreds of pages about sales and volume data, advertising strategy briefs, market research, and so on. Melissa did her best to study the contents of these binders and wrap her head around the data. But the more she studied the facts, the more elusive was her strategy. She eventually called them her death binders. Why? Because all of the analytic information was keeping her from understanding her customers, the people she was trying to serve. So Melissa put the data aside and tried something new. She made plans to send members of the Hamburger Helper team, staffers from marketing and advertising, for example, into the homes of Hamburger Helper customers. They found mothers who were willing to let strangers come into their homes and watch them as they cooked. The team visited about three dozen homes, and that's when their sales began to spike. I had read and I could recite all the data about our customers, Melissa says. I knew their demographics by heart. But it was a very different experience to walk into a customer's home and experience a little bit of her life. It was the more emotional side of empathy that made the difference for Melissa and her eventual success. But did you catch that phrase she used? Experience a little bit of her life. This is a key for you as an analyzer. Your analytic leanings outweigh your sympathetic inclinations. In other words, your head takes precedent over your heart. This means that the challenge for you in activating your emotional radar will be to gain a more sympathetic perspective than you are used to when tuning into your spouse. For example, If you find yourself getting trigger-happy to solve her problem before you have taken the time to fully understand it, you've got to press the pause button on your analytic acumen and allow some space for your emotions, as well as hers, to enter the picture. Remember what we have said in the past. Men are typically heavier on the analyzer side. We're fixers and problem solvers. Thus, the emotional side of things just gets in our way and masks the problem we want to solve for our wife. If we've been married very long, we've figured out how to peel the emotions away so we can get to the problem. However, this is exactly the opposite of what she wants. She wants you to listen and to validate her emotions. And that's not easy for analyzers. Robert Keith Levitt put it this way, People don't ask for facts in making up their minds. They would rather have one good, soul-satisfying emotion than a dozen facts. If you are an analyzer, you are likely to remain rational and detached as opposed to emotional and absorbed if you aren't intentional. That's okay, but when it comes to mutual understanding and trading places with your partner, your analytic ways can only go so far. You need to experience a little bit of your spouse's life. That means allowing your heart, not just your head, to play a role. The parrots say that a disgruntled husband recently said to them, I'm no psychologist. How can I be expected to understand my wife's feelings? Half the time I don't even think she knows what she's feeling. Of course, this sentiment goes both ways. 
A wife might say, Well, I never know what my husband's thinking, let alone what he's feeling. He keeps his emotions so hidden, you'd have to be a detective to find out what he's feeling. The truth is, you don't have to be the lovable germaphobe Columbo to uncover your spouse's emotions. Whether you are a sympathizer, a personalizer, or an analyzer, the emotions of every husband and wife are easier to detect than you might imagine. Even when people try to conceal their feelings, their true emotions are likely to show. You know, research actually proves it. A videotaped study of unhappy couples at the University of Oregon explored how emotions are emitted even when those emotions are disguised. The experimenters told the stressed couples that their task was to fool the cameras and pretend they were happily married. They asked the couples to make believe they had just been given a large sum of money and they had to decide together how they were going to spend it. Looking at the printed transcripts of the couple's conversations, you'd never know they weren't exceedingly happy. In fact, most of them faked being happy quite well. The words show them to be loving, respectful, and conflict-free. But if you watch and listen to the videotapes of the couple's conversations, you get a very different impression. Their facial expressions, body language, and voice tones betray their performances at every turn. Lines like, Whatever you say, dear, and It's up to you, are punctuated with sarcasm and contempt. Their interactions are like sieves, leaking hostility everywhere, said one researcher. In fact, that's the verb psychologists use to describe the way we involuntarily show our emotions. Our emotions leak through. Imagine that. Even if a person is trying to conceal their feelings, we often pick up on them. Now think of what this says about how much easier it is to access your spouse's feelings when they are real. If nothing else... This should underscore for you just how available your partner's emotions are to you when you simply take a moment to attend to them, when you turn on your emotional radar. And once you do that, once you set aside your own agenda temporarily and once you turn on your emotional radar, you have just one more essential step to guarantee the full benefits of mutual understanding in trading places. Once you have set aside your own agenda temporarily, and once you turn on your emotional radar, you are ready to take action. You are ready to demonstrate a new level of understanding toward your spouse. Remember the sequence from the parrots. I notice you, I feel with you, and so I act to help you. It's in the acting to help where the payoff of trading places occurs. The first two steps are merely means to get you and your partner into a new place where acts of kindness, consideration, and benevolence envelop your relationship. To feel with stirs us to act for. Famed anthropologist Margaret Mead was once asked the earliest sign of civilization in a given culture. Her answer surprised many. It was a healed femur. Mead went on to explain that no healed femurs are found where the law of the jungle, survival of the fittest, reigns. A healed femur shows that someone cared. Someone had to do that injured person's hunting and gathering until the leg healed. The evidence of compassion, said Mead, is the first sign of civilization. 
And it's also the first sign that a spouse is demonstrating full-fledged empathy. Well, our time's gone for today. We'll pick up here next week. Have a great weekend. God bless. Thank you for listening today. This program is brought to you by Cloverdale Church of God. If you would like to reach Pastor Gary, please email him at pastorgary at cloverdalechurch.org. To know more about the church, go to our website at www.cloverdalechurch.org. Thanks for listening and be blessed.